0: Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is, what if? I was talking to a friend one day about something I planned to do. Actually, I was worrying about how one particular person might react to what I intended to do. What if he doesn't handle it very well, I asked. Then my friend replied, you're going to have to handle it well. What ifs can make us crazy? They put control over our life in someone else's hands. What ifs are a sign that we have reverted to thinking that people have to react in a particular way for us to continue on our course? Man, like some of the most rewarding things about this is like, you know, it's a it's a it's a very similar situation um, that I'm that I'm going to going through today. And the other thing is like one particular person might react and like, that kind of obsession with one particular person crowds out, you know, the spiritual principles, precisely gratitude uh, and presence for me and staying in the present moment. Um, you know, Julia Cameron talks about the concept of crazy makers. Uh, you know, sometimes we're, we can be our own crazy makers or we can just create drama. Just, uh, you know, I know I re- got in recovery far more for recovering my creative self rather than, you know, stopping. You know, any behaviors, I mean, I had actually stopped most of them. You know, I was dry. Back to the reading. What ifs are also a clue, I love this, also a clue, that we may be wondering whether we can trust ourselves and our higher power to do what's best for us. These are shreds of codependent ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving, and they signal fear. You know, I think it's high time in my recovery to realize that my higher power has been there for me and to not always react in those old ways because it's almost like a lot of times I react in those old ways more out of habit than belief. Um, Back to the reading. These are shreds of codependent ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving, and they signal fear. The reactions, feelings, likes, or dislikes of others don't have to control our behaviors, feelings, and direction. We don't need to control how others react to our choices. We can trust ourselves with the help from a higher power to handle any outcome even the most uncomfortable. And my friend, we can trust ourselves to handle it well. You know, be still, no. You know, sometimes I raced through those slogans at the end. Today, I will not worry about other people's reactions or events outside of my control. Instead, I will focus on my reactions. I will handle my life well today and trust that tomorrow I can do the same. The next reading, that was a great reading. The next reading comes from Melody Beatty's Language Let- Letting Go, and I love this topic, or maybe not, commitment. As we walk through our life, there are many things and people we may lose or lose out on if we are unwilling to commit. We need to make a commitment for relationships to grow beyond the dating stage, to have the home or apartment we want, the job we want, or the car we desire. Yeah, and I think in you know that search of seeking for validation that really prevents commitment from happening and really getting inside of you know what it is that I want you know and uh you know I, I think it was pointed out to me yesterday in a conversation is like you know you get to decide what you want now and that was terrifying I will say not as terrifying as when I came in to recovery and that's why it's the most important thing for me it's com completely changed how I see things. Uh, Chuck C. says a new prescription, uh, a new set of sunglasses. Back to a reading. We must commit on deep levels to careers, to goals, to family, friends, and recovery. Trying something will not enable us to succeed. Committing ourselves will. Yet we never need to commit before we are ready. Sometimes our fear of commitment is telling us something. We may not want to commit to a particular relationship, purchase, or career. Other times, it is a matter of her fears working their way out. Wait, then. Wait until the issue becomes clear. Trust yourself. Ask your higher power to remove your fear of commitment. Never thought of that. Uh, Ask God to remove your blocks to commitment and ask God for guidance. It's just, most of the 12 steps is just listening to what mom says. You know, speaking of which, I definitely want to clean my place up a little bit later. Maybe too much information, but whatever. Back to the reading. Ask yourself if you are willing to lose what you will not commit to. Then listen quietly and wait until a decision seems consistently right and comfortable. We need to be able to commit, but we need never commit until we are ready. Trust that you will commit when you want to. God, guide me in making my commitments. Give me the courage to make those that are right for me. Um... The wisdom to not commit to that which does not feel right, and the patience to wait until I know. The next reading comes from Melody. Ba- oh, sorry. Next reading comes. I wish. while they're all great. Uh, from ACA, strengthening my recovery. And the topic is people pleasing. We believe that we will be safe and never abandoned if we are nice and if we never show anger. We went overboard to give to and care for others. No one asked us, yet we expect that in return, they would nurture, praise, and acknowledge us. But why should other people be expected to go out of their way to fulfill our needs? When when did they sign the contract we carried in our minds? You know, and that's where like that unconditional self-love and approval has to come from within. And you know, this reminds me to, you know, I feel like I'm at a point in my life to revisit what Albert Ellis uh, said. Back to the reading. We learn in recovery that the praise, confidence, and caring we need must come from within ourselves. Being too nice eventually leads us to feel angry, resentful, and anxious. As we begin to express our true feelings, we focus on ourselves and direct our energy toward identifying and correcting our character defects. Instead of getting stuck in our niceness, we follow the ACA steps in our daily lives. As a result, heartfelt peace and commitment, contentment, heal us and our relationships one day at a time. So we begin to express our true feelings. So I think sometimes I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm feeling, but I think it's more of, I wasn't encouraged to feel, but it's fine to figure out what I feel now. And uh, you know, I was having an interaction with someone and they said a lot of time, times when you're, it was a really interesting point. He said, you don't really talk about how you're feeling. The lie on our higher power enables us to become stronger spiritually As we no longer depend on others for our happiness, our self-confidence increases. On this day, I will stay mindful of how easy it can be to fall back into my people-pleasing mode. That's where step 10 comes. To help me move forward and avoid burnout, I will rely instead on my higher power and my sponsor to guide me. And the final reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is Tradition 5. When carrying the ACA message, we stick to our story and to the principles of recovery. We don't proselytize, bully, evangelize, or manipulate the person we're attempting to help. The focus of a single purpose guarantees that we're never going to be distracted by other other tempting, glittery objects. We do one thing only. We carry the message to the adult child who still suffers. Speaking of which, there's a couple of people I need to talk to. We may be tempted to run into our communities and raise an ACA banner proclaiming the virtues of the program and the obvious need for the 12 steps to address many social ills. Yeah, definitely something I see. We know there are more people who need the program than those who truly want it. However, Tradition 5 does not require us to convince anyone. Experience has shown that if a person lacks the willingness to change, they are unlikely to receive the ACA message well. So we carry the message to those adult children who still suffer and we move forward, living the principles of the program. We do what we can to ensure the meetings are available to all who want them. And we learn to let go of those who don't respond to the message. We humbly realize that each person has a higher power available to them, which is the only thing that can help them find the willingness to hear the message. On this day, I will carry the message in a manner that follows tradition five, I will remember, above all, that I carry the message in my daily life through my own recovery. And that concludes today's awesome readings for Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kulwan Saluja reminding myself to feel, not think, to feel my feelings. To love myself. Unconditional self-approval, as Albert Ellis says. To pause, because that's where God is, in pause land and to be still and know.